Welcome to the Top Order podcast. We're going to talk all things Test cricket in this New Zealand versus South Africa Red Bull series preview. Yes, Test cricket is back in the South Island and we can't be more excited to talk about it. Stay tuned. Well, it wouldn't be a series or a tournament without our now ubiquitous explainer. So over to you. Nice, short, sharp explainer. Even I can get this one right, lads. New Zealand against South Africa. World Test Championship points are on the line. Two tests in New Zealand, both at Hagley Oval, actually, in Christchurch in the South Island of New Zealand. Beautiful place to play cricket, I'm told. The home of cricket. 17th of Feb is the first test. It kicks off on the 17th of February. And then the second test, also at Hagley Oval, on the 25th of Feb. Head-to-head tells an interesting tale of the tape, actually. New Zealand have only drawn three series out of 16 in their entire history against South Africa. They've only won four times and only one win at home. That was in Auckland. And in the last five tests, South Africa have won four out of five, dating back to June last year. So obviously big series win against India 2-1 and then a couple of victories in a test series all the way back in June 2021. For New Zealand, it's a little bit of a tale of woe in the last couple of games for them. Only the two wins out of their last five test matches. Of course, there's a draw in there as well, a win and a loss against Bangladesh in amongst that series against India. So the form guide is topsy-turvy compared to the last few years that we've seen from New Zealand, normally coming in with very strong home form at the moment, a little bit up and down, and a South African side that is performing pretty well at the moment. Yeah, look, what do we make of that? Because, I mean, maybe Raj, what, where, do you, where are you at with New Zealand? And Let's start there because I feel like six months ago we would have said that we just sweep these these four tests, we win them all. We're in great position for the World Test Championship. Currently, we're sitting right down the bottom of that table. There's, uh, I think, one team maybe below us. Certainly, England uh, is there, but uh, you know, a couple of teams sitting down low. But you know, have, are you lacking confidence now going into the series after what happened in Bangladesh, or was that just a, an anomaly? I think that was a bit of an anomaly. I'm not taking too much out of that that Bangladesh series. I feel like uh, we have prepared some pitches over the years that have been very green, and I feel like that one might have caught us out a little bit um, on the hop. And by a team that played five perfect days of Test cricket, which mm. we talked about at the time, so got no problem with that. This series is a bit different, I think, uh, just because of all the the people that are missing. You know, no Williamson, no Taylor. That's the best part of forty hundreds there mm. uh, that have, have been lost in his own batting lineup. Uh, we're talking about you know a, a Nichols and um, Daryl Mitchell engine room for the batting order, which is a he wouldn't have predicted. I don't think probably you know six months ago. Uh, and then Trent Bolt, I believe, is also away. Yeah, he's missing the leave. first test. Uh, yeah, paternity leave. Yeah. So, yeah, it is it is a, a very different side with some key people missing, but it's exciting. I still think that we have the upper hand going into it. Yeah, neutral's point of view. We talked a little bit about this on the last pod, I think, and, yeah, who, who would have thought the New Zealand side would look like it looks now? Um, I said today in our Slack channel rather than my other cricket friend's Slack channel, <laughs> um, I, I think Blundell's probably, in my view, one too high at number six. Watling, obviously, I, I think um, he's still a miss when you look at what he provided in that um, it, it, in that number six position. I completely agree, but actually I was doing some stats and looking at kind of the last couple of years, and, and Watling only averaged since 2020. I mean, yeah, they're all very small sample sizes, but for over the last couple of years of his test career, he did only average under 20 for, for with the bat. But I, I, I do agree with you that it's sort of that stability when you look at it on paper. 
Yeah, well, look, as Rob Key would say, stats are for Pratt's, I think. so. Um, but look, I think that the key thing is the lack of preparation that look both sides are going to have um, with the kind of stunted cricket that we've been able to play. I think a little bit like when England came over last or two years ago, um, I think when you looked at that, you thought, well, hold on, the wickets might not quite favour New Zealand in their home series as much as they would against other teams. I think you could, you know, it's the same scenario with South Africa. They've got a really good pace attack, I think. Um, but I think that their lack of preparation, the fact they're going to have to do that um, relatively hard quarantine is not necessarily going to um, get them off um, and running as quickly as you would like like and it's a short series isn't it so um look i guess it could come down to the toss on the first day we've had some weather around new zealand over the past uh, couple of weeks or so it's going to feel a little bit more um potentially like how you would expect new zealand to be rather than what you know what it's actually like yeah we saw the pitch just before baldy and i had a, a look of it um yeah just before we started recording and it actually looks pretty good for a couple of days out we're recording this on a tuesday night so yeah I mean, Hagley, Hagley's sort of always is that pitch that it looks like it's going to be really green and then some, road, quite yeah. often we bat first and score a big total, you know, thinking about the, the last game that we played against Bangladesh and, and put that big score on. Yeah. So you'd rather be in your dressing room at this point then in, in terms of the series, do you think? Oh, I think so. I mean, I, I, I'm always going to back New Zealand. I find it really hard to actually, you know, look at it objectively. But, I mean, like Raj said, I think there's certainly uh, some concerns there, you know, we look at the batting lineup. It doesn't look as strong as it as you thought before uh, the start of this this season. But yeah, I'm always going to back New Zealand. I think we can we can do it for and for a number of reasons that we'll we'll probably get onto t- soon. Before we get into the specifics, do you, do you guys actually make anything of the fact? Bordy mentioned it before that we've never won. New Zealand's never won a series against South Africa. Four four wins in our history. 2004 was the last time we actually beat South Africa. They came here in 2016-17, that season, beat us in a series 1-0. They had Elgar, Bavuma, Rabada, Maharaj, and we actually had quite a lot of players left over from there as well. Nichols, Latham, DeGronholm, Wagner, Bolt, Southie, Henry. A lot of similar players in that squad. Do we, do we make anything of that? Is there, is there some kind of block? I know we've talked a lot about when we go to Australia or even any time we play Australia and anything in cricket that there's one, but yeah, is it there or is it just we don't play enough games that this just doesn't really matter? Personally, I don't think so. I don't think we have the scars like we're talking about with Australia. We, we it's a it's a mental thing there. I yeah. don't think that it's the same with with the South Africans at all. Um, we we talked. You've talked through the series there a uh, few series, the last few series that we've played against South Africa, and we've heard Brendan McCullum talk about you know that. 2013 loss mm. uh, in South Africa, we were bowled out for 45, uh, being the catalyst for change. Uh, and since then, we've only played three test series against South Africa, and the last one being, what, four or five years ago, was it, 2017? Yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely think that this team hasn't had a chance to, to right those wrongs, and I think that there are a lot of there are a lot of players who have got something to prove. I feel like, you know, there was that, uh, there was that article I showed you earlier um, with uh, the stuff that Dean Elgar was saying about how New Zealand bowlers were, were not as fast as the Indian bowlers and, and actually fired me up a little bit over the text. There were some expletives uh, <laughs> sent, sent to, to Stu in, in his inbox, but uh, not for Stu, just uh, getting my passion across. But yeah, it actually fired me up and I'm actually looking forward to winning this test series. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah, I'm really, really, really pumped for this because it's a, it's a, it's a test you know it, it feels like a real test because 
we've got if we've suddenly gone from the situation where everyone just expects New Zealand to win at home no matter who we're playing it's often been subcontinent teams coming here and everyone says well okay well you're just beating subcontinent teams at home they're not you know they're not used to your conditions but now South Africa's coming here with a really really strong bowling lineup you mentioned that before Binksy they're coming here fresh off the back of uh, in beating India and I don't think that should be discounted at all like you we're talking about should we kind of put New Zealand's series down to a, a bit of an anomaly against Bangladesh. I think that was a super impressive win from South Africa against India. And, and what I found most impressive about that is that they were put in situations where they they had to actually prove that they had that winning mentality. They were chasing down scores that they probably always should have chased down in those scenarios, you know, to low 200s. Those are the kind of chases that if you're not a good cricket side or you're not strong mentally, you you fold in those situations. And and they didn't. They they came through right in those key moments. Absolutely. And the most impressive thing about that is you have a look at the South African side and you would say that their strength is their bowling. They won those tests by bowling India out, yes, but they had to then go and bat and chase down a total. They had to win the test with something that wasn't their traditional strength. And if you have a look at that batting lineup now with Kane Williamson and Ross Taylor out of the New Zealand middle order, the batting order from South Africa looks almost on par. So it really is a question of which of those two batting lineups is going to step up and deliver. And you'd have to say at the moment, given their last three test matches where they have done that in the second innings, where it's really important to to do so, the South Africans might even have a little bit of an edge in the batting department, which we would not dare have said 12 months ago. Uh, it's interesting you brought up Ross Taylor there. We've had a question come through on our socials. I'm going to direct it to you, Binksy. It's around Ross Taylor, and do you think that he should have been recalled in the absence of uh, so many players? Yeah, look, not really. I think we've seen a trend emerging around world cricket that what you do with your best players is drop them from the side, <laughs> um, even when um, you know they could be going out on a high. Look, I, I, I don't think so. I think he's, you know, well, I think when you've mentally made that decision, if this was, you know, a year down the line and he'd continued to play first-class cricket and there was a little bit of an injury, um, sort of, I don't know what the word is, but, you know, an injury crisis within New Zealand cricket, you might say, hey, do you, do you fancy stepping in and helping us out for a couple of games? But this close to him bowing out, you know, carrying, a, you know, being carried on the shoulders, um, you know, his kids in the tailor shirts, you know, going out into the middle for the last time with their dad. Uh, look, I, I don't think so. I, I don't think that would be the right, um, the right message. And I think think for the emerging batsmen that are coming through the system, they would have probably felt, well, that's a bit of a blow because this seems a short-term gap and I'm not backed at this particular um, stage. So, yeah, not, not for me. Well, and you've got to put it into perspective. I mean, obviously, he's an absolute legend of our game. But, you know, he. You, I said I looked at some stats going back to 2020. And we've, we talked about it, you know, in, in that time, how he was actually struggling a little bit for his test form. He played it incredibly vital innings in that World Test Championship final and I will never forget that and I wouldn't have wanted someone else to be there at that time and I'm glad that you know that there was no kind of rash decisions to kind of drop him for that for that game but he averages 29 over that period he only had 250s you know this is we're not talking about someone who was in you know tip-top form that was that was knocking down the door and, and saying I can bat at this level for a lot longer it was someone who was seemingly on the way out anyway so yeah I, I don't think so and I, it, it would have been so weird I mean 
perfect. Well, it's not really the perfect scenario to take a wicket when you're a batter, but it does have it did have that kind of feel that <laughs> this a benefit is game. yeah, yeah. That, this is this is your your moment. So look, we'll come on to the best 11s. We've talked a little bit about the batting weakness in both sides. It's not quite a Glenn McGrath-like 5-0 prediction from Dean Algar, but he's fired up, I think, the New Zealand camp with comments that New Zealand bowlers are slow. Um, so not quite sure of the context around that, but any mind games coming in, uh, particularly as we pinpoint those batting lineups, is probably the weaker suit for both sides. Well, I mean, as Raj said, he... he I think he, to be fair to him, I think he said that they're slower than they'll face against India. And he's okay. he's probably, to, you know, he's probably right, especially with Bolt out of the equation uh, at the moment, for, particularly for this first test. But yeah, look, I mean, it, it's it's fired me up. <laughs> I re- yeah, I really want to win this test series now. I'm not sure that Neil Wagner is a guy that you want to upset. I feel like he's the kind of guy that you probably just want to not say anything about. And particularly... We're not physically scared of you, Neil Wagner. I don't think... That's like a red rag to a bull, really, I think. And Kyle Jamison can get him down pretty quick. He's 140-plus, so he's fast enough. I, I Like, I get that Southie's in that 130 to 135 bracket. Matt Henry's closer to 140. Kyle Jamison's over 140, and Neil Wagner is a scary, scary individual. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be waving that flag too much. I wouldn't thought if, if particularly if I was an opening bat. Uh, I, I like it from a South African point of view, though, and I think that's what Elgar's captaincy seems to be bringing to that side—the the bit of confrontation and, and you know, we're up for this fight. So yeah, I, I would, you know, obviously don't want them to win this series, but I would love it if I saw that and I was a South African fan. So, Lippy, I know you'll have done this because your preparatory notes are always uh, a sight to behold. But what do we think about the best 11 for New Zealand coming into this game? Are there any question marks, really? Well, I guess there were a few we talked about last time on the podcast. But Gary Stead today has pretty much answered most of them, to be fair. He's he's run through the what the, the top five will look like for New Zealand, which is... We might have a bit of a chat afterwards about whether that's what we would have done, but it looks like it's going to be Latham Young opening, same as same as before. I'm actually looking at my list, which is different to uh, to what Gary said. But Latham and Young, Conway, and then Nichols is going to move up to four. Daryl Mitchell at five. They said there was a bit of discussion around what they would do there and whether they would leave Nichols there and, and bat Mitchell at four to kind of replace, I guess Conway has moved up to, to replace Kane, but you know, to kind of keep Henry Nichols at, at five. You would expect that eight, nine, 10, 11 is going to be some form of uh, Jameson, Wagner, Southey, Henry. I think that kind of picks itself. Blundell will be in there as the wicketkeeper. We'll, again, we might talk about him and, and the pressure that he's under. So then it really comes down to a question of Rachin Ravindra or probably Colin de Gronholm for fighting out for that last spot. And yeah, I think that it, it sort of almost has to be Ravindra because otherwise you you don't really have any balance to your bowling attack. You're also picking someone into Gronholm that I don't think is necessarily, like I said, I, I know he's hit a few sixes in the Super Smash recently. He's looked a lot better with the bat than he did, particularly in that uh, Bangladesh series that he went there and played white ball stuff. But yeah, I don't feel in, incredibly inspired and confident uh, in his batting enough um, in saying that Rutter and Ravindra's highest test score is 18 not out. So, you know, that's uh, that's not necessarily uh, as much as well. But I mean, Raj, what, what do you make of that? Is that, you know, would you have done something different? 
Well, I mean, I my eleven is is very different to what I what I what we talked about just then, or what Gary Stead has almost confirmed. I would have liked to see you know a Ravindra or Rutherford open the batting, but I can understand the thought processes there around keeping that opening partnership together. If that's the way forward for New Zealand cricket, then that's fine. I have no problem with that. But then you have a, a big gap at four which you need to fill. So, look, whatever whatever they've decided to do, that's fine. Uh, with with Ravindra. I think that uh, they'll need him not necessarily for his batting, but for for his bowling, for the for that um, balance there with the four seamers. I'm actually expecting it to be uh, quite good for batting. Mm. Uh, it generally is down down at Hagley, so I think the spinner will come into it. Uh, and then I guess Blundell, uh, you know, there's a there's someone nipping at his heels there in, in Cam Fletcher. Uh, do you think that there's any chance that Cam Fletcher gets a go during this series? I don't, but I do think that it's telling that they picked Cam in this series. I know, I know that we're talking about a, um, you know, they extended the squad normally in a New Zealand Test series. If there were no COVID restrictions or anything, we'd probably have only picked 13. 12, 13, maybe max, uh, and then you know someone would go back to first class cricket because of the outbreak at the moment. They've picked 15 and they want to keep them all, you know, as close as they can. That's why there's two tests in the same place. But I still think it's a bit telling because, you know, we've got Tom Latham there that could have filled in as a pinch. Granted, it would have been a a pretty huge ask to captain the side to open the batting and then uh, fill in as the wicketkeeper as well. Conway could have done it potentially. Yeah, I I don't know about him in a test. But yeah, there, there were other options that they could have gone with. But I think it is really telling that they have picked him and said we picked him because we want to get him into the environment and all that. All those kind of noises that suggest okay, Tom, it's time to now step up. Because, you know, I don't think really that he's played in innings of substance or of relevance for for quite a while. It might even, you know, I I haven't completely checked, but it might even be that test, the the 100 that he scored against Australia opening the batting. I think, didn't he score some runs in the Bangladesh series, I think, at the end? He scored scored a few 50s, but they have... When I think yeah. about those innings, they that, haven't been... That pressure off yep. runs, aren't they? Yep, yep. They're runs where, where the, you can just go out and play freely. There are their second innings runs. They're sort of, yeah, they, they aren't runs that felt impactful on the game. And yeah, this time he's got a job to do because we, we saw in that Bangladesh series, it really felt like as soon as those top order went... There was a lot of variability about our batting lineup, and yeah, you look at it. I mean, I'm a big fan of, of what Daryl Mitchell's done for New Zealand, but five five Daryl Mitchell, six Blundell, seven Ravindra or um, De Gronholm, and then you're looking in those batters. It's it starts to get a bit worrying. There's not a lot of test runs in that lineup. Baldy, it's difficult to probably unpick this in this room. I've got two spinners and uh, Ratchin's biggest fan over here, but. It seems pretty simple to me. Who's going to potentially bowl you more overs in the Test match between De Gronholm um, and Ratchin? And that that's your that's your answer. Where would you go in terms of that sixth or seventh spot? Do you think? I'd absolutely have Ratchin Ravindra. I think not only does he offer a point of difference, he's a he's a steadying influence with the bat lower in the order. I know Colin De Gronholm had an average Test average of fifty at one point. It was quite good, but I would be picking Ratchin Ravindra, and I would be saying to him, "Look, we can attack with you." because we've got bowlers at the other end that can dry it up like Neil Wagner can. So he doesn't have to change the way that he bowls in order to be effective for New Zealand. And if they do bat first, then they'll bowl last, which means he can be bowling on that fourth or fifth day and he could be impactful in that sense as well. So I would be definitely going with Ratran Ravindra if I wasn't picking a frontline spinner, which New Zealand haven't. 
It's worth noting, I mean, we're obviously going to focus more on the first test in this preview because it's a couple of days around the corner, but it is worth noting that AJS Patel is going to try and play uh, a Ford Trophy game pretty soon in the next uh, you know four or five days. And, and if he can prove his fitness, then there's a chance that he'll be back in that squad for the second test. And yeah, having played two games in the one place, it might give them more of a more of an opportunity to actually get him in the side. Like you said, Bolt is coming back potentially for that that second test as well. So yeah, we could see changes for in that bowling lineup for the second test, and yeah, with uh, with Bolt coming back especially. Let's just touch briefly on South Africa before we go on to our, our predictions. Um, we've not seen a great deal of them on these shores. Who who are we excited about seeing? There's been an emergence, I think, of some yeah some exciting players in that camp recently, um, and look a little bit of controversy around the camp as well. But from a playing perspective, who are we exciting to or excited to see? For me, it's actually their batsmen. Um, I actually think they've got some real nuggety guys in, in, in Makram and Elga, and they've got some some real flashy guys in, in Rassi Vendadassen and the number three whose name is escaping me at the moment. Well, Keegan Peterson's Keegan not, Peter- not there. So he, oh, he's not there? No, he got COVID, and um, it's a really weird situation, and it comes down to the New Zealand, uh, you know, it, our uh, border re- regulations. He got COVID, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago before they named the squad. He's actually since recovered and has played, he played two T20 games for the Dolphins on the 8th and the uh, 10th of Feb. But because, you know, he was positive, still had tested positive within a certain span of us, of coming to the MIQ, he was unable to travel. And yes, yeah, so it's a very weird situation when he's sitting at home after the incredible series that he had against uh, against India. Well, finally, Jacinda's done something for, uh, for New Zealand. Um, in getting Peterson out of the side, I was just winding you up, and they're about to let you rip. No, I'm not going. I'm not going to oh, bite. I'm not okay. going to bite. All right, um, but yeah, I guess I'm not looking forward to anything now that uh, King and uh, <laughs> Peterson. No, I am looking forward to the, their batting and see how they go in New Zealand. We know what their bowlers bring. I actually think that um, that will be the biggest sort of matchup is how their bowlers go up against our somewhat more fragile looking than normal uh, batting lineup. Yeah, that top that there the Rabada and Ngidi and uh, and Jansen as well, who's sort of emerging as a as an up and coming star potentially. Those three against our top three, like our top three, is just so crucial now in, in terms of what we do. Absolutely, I'm really looking forward to seeing Marco Jansen play. 21 years of age, bowls left arm, bowls fast, and just is another player off the production line of tremendous South African fast seam bowlers. So I'm looking I'm very much looking forward to, to seeing him in action and, and seeing what Ngidi and Rabada can do on wickets that are generally in New Zealand a little bit helpful for seam bowlers if they get it right. If they don't get it right then they can be they can be hittable um, and they can come onto the bat quite nicely and go for a lot of runs. But if those guys gonna get 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 it right, they are going to prove a real handful for this New Zealand side. And and it kind of looks that they have a similar I feel like they have a very similar lineup in terms of their they're very heavily reliant on on a few of their batters, you would think, anyway. And and Markram's been a bit out of form. Elgar's the huge wicket for me. It, it, if he if we can get him early, then it, you know, and he actually had a lot of success last time he was in New, here in New Zealand. Scored it, you know, scored a hundred. And yeah, if if we can just get him out early, they're going to have a number three that's inexperienced. It looks like it might be Irwi at the moment, who kind of has the the you know first opportunity. But then yeah, Vanderdas and Bavuma. 
Varen, the the new keeper, who I know you're you're a big fan of, Binksy and Thorda, uh, he did a good job in that India series. But then it does come to you know at seven we've got Janssen, and you know there's like we said there's not a lot of experience there. I would say you know I don't know a huge amount about him, but I've seen from what I've seen, I would say he's bowl, a bowling all rounder. Yeah. Um, from what you know, from what I understand and stuff. So and then it's Rabada, Olivier, potentially Maharaju. I think they will play, um, and then Ngedia, who I would pick as my top eleven. So. Yeah, I, I, those top three, top four for both sides is going to be so crucial to deciding the, the outcome of the series. Should we move on to bold predictions? So for those of you who are listening a, a few podcasts back, we made some pretty bold ones about the Ashes series. Most of them, including, of course, the series being called off, came true, um, according to uh, our metrics. But <laughs> what, 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 what have we got in terms of bold predictions for this? I'm not going to start in any particular order, um, but let's go with the universe, boss. Yeah, so I, I've said already that I think it's going to be quite a, a good strip to bat on for both test matches. Uh, so I've gone down the, the, the batting batting side of the, the ledger there. So I've picked maiden test hundreds for both Will Young and Heinrich Erasmus van der Dussen. So I think that uh, they will both score maiden test hundreds. Bold. That is bold. I like that. So bold that it's same. It's it's uh, the Will Young one is the exact same <laughs> one that on my sheet. You can even look, look. It's not a it's not a trick. I, I you know I I'll go even further then and uh, get on the Will Young bandwagon because I've been super impressed with with what he's done in, in recent times. He scored a couple of fifties against or three fifties I think against um, Bangladesh. He's looked he's scored that um, eighty against. Uh, in India, scored 80 in England. He's kind of doing it in all conditions now. And yeah, I, I really think that there were all almost all of those games, he could have got 100. Like he's getting himself, he's doing all the hard work and then kind of not cashing in for, for his own self. And I, I think this is it. And I, I think he'll be our leading run scorer in the series. I'm, I'm really big on him and I, I, I hope it's the breakout that, that we're, we all want uh, as a New Zealand fan. Uh, all eyes on me. Mine's a bit of a long-term prediction here rather than a, a, a short-term one. I'm going to go with Kyle Varane. I hope I've pronounced his name correctly. Averages 51 in first-class cricket. So my bold prediction is that he will average 40 in test cricket and therefore end at his career with a higher test average as a better than Quinton de Kock. We need a time capsule. I was yep. going to say, well, uh, we can't remember what we talked about last week. We've got to come, <laughs> back, right, in, we've got to come back in 10 years, yeah. have we? All right. I'll pick... I'll pick I'll pick Marco Janssen to be leading wicket-taker in the series then. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with three of the four openers are going to be dropped by the end of the series. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm going to go with... Uh, look, in, in line with, I think, Raj's uh, predictions, I'm going to say that Kyle Jamieson scores his maiden test match century. Oh, wow. Like that. That is with the bat? With the bat, oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, awesome. So, so that, yeah, there you go. You heard it here first. Scouting report. Let's come on to series predictions next. So two test series, so um, it can be one each, it can be nil-nil, it can be one-nil, it can be two-nil, either way around. I think I've covered all the bases there. Um, where are we going though, guys? I'm going to start with you, Lippy. Uh, yeah, I think we're going to win one-nil. I think this is going to be, this is the moment. This is the moment that New Zealand beats South Africa in a test series for the, for the first time ever. Uh, one-nil actually probably dents our chances of retaining the, the World Test Championship a reasonable amount um, given that you know the, the amount of away series that we've got to play still and stuff so you know in, in some ways that would be a bit of a shame but but like Raj I think that the the 
the pitches will be good enough that there are opportunities to to play out draws, particularly with the weather that's around at the moment. It, I looked at the forecast; it looks relatively good for the first few days of this uh, this test, and then the the weekend looks a bit dicey. So, yeah, look, I I think that it's it's our moment. It's time for for New Zealand to to win a test series and and for this side to kind of continue on marching on, even though there's no. Uh, fearless leader in Kane Williamson. You want the good news or the bad news, Stuart? Oh, you, there's no good news, you bad news. You tell me what you think. It's going to be 1 0. You're right, it is going to be 1 0, but it's going to be 1 0 oh, South you're Africa. Joking. Yep. South Africa 1 0. I think they've got the bowling attack to, to get through that New Zealand batting order. We've alluded a little bit to the weather. I think if we get five days or enough cricket in this first test match, I think New Zealand win the series 1 0. If not, I think South Africa take a bit of. Um, solace for and, and and maybe a little bit of uh, momentum into game two and win it one nil. So I'm covering my bases with one nil to either side. That's, that's <laughs> ridiculous. That's the most Why ridiculous you, prediction. You I've also heard. have two nil to either side. Yeah, you, you ran through all the predictions before. <laughs> Was that just what you were suggesting that it could be one of all of these result, results? All right. In which case, I'll get off the fence. You're going to get beat, and you're going to get beat good. It's going to be one nil South Africa. Fine. In fact, no. Fuck it. It's two nil South <laughs> Africa. There you go. I'm surprised by these predictions. Are you surprised by them, Stuart? Kind of, but look, I it's okay, it's fine. I've I've got no problem. I you know I think that there's been too much of uh, these two over here sort of praising New Zealand for a while. I'm certainly got no problem, uh, you know, being doubted. I feel like that's kind of what happened when uh, we we lost to Bangladesh and and everyone started doubting New Zealand. And it's actually a a position that we've held for a long time in our cricket that that always uh, we're never quite going to get over the line, and I think that's why the World Test Championship was was so special. But I, I'm fine being the underdog. For for me, I um, for me, I have uh, New Zealand winning two 0 this series. I, I think that if they the only caveat to that is if there's weather. I don't. I think if they play full Test matches, I think New Zealand wins. You're not allowed to caveat three. weather, apparently. <laughs> okay, well, I don't think they'll play out a 450 over draw. Is what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I, I think 2-0 to New Zealand. I don't think that uh, South Africans batsmen, even though I've said there's going to be a lot of runs scored, I think that we'll outscore them with the bat and our bowlers will, will, will dominate them at times with the ball. So one thing is absolutely guaranteed here. It will be a nil-all series draw, <laughs> which means all of us are wrong. That is the only possible outcome that we can draw from these series of bold predictions. We've got 2-0 either way, 1-0, or it could be one all. That would be the only other way that we could be wrong. And that's possible as well, I guess. Well, you heard it here first. Get on the TAB for a series draw, whether it's nil-nil or 1-1. But look, we'll know in a little over two weeks' time um, and uh, find out whether these musings are, are accurate in any way, shape or form. That just about wraps us up here on our New Zealand-South Africa preview. You will see more in the feed as well in terms of this week in cricket. So stay tuned into the feed. Uh, do dip back into the back catalogue as well. We've got heaps, heaps of news, views and cricketing interviews for you to catch up on. But for now, it's good night and God bless from us all here in Auckland. See you soon. <laughs>